Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. And so this morning's message I've entitled The Gift That Keeps On Giving. And uh, this is really a season, Christmas is really a season of gift giving, right? Uh, all of you might uh, be uh, opening up some gifts today and tomorrow. And uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a season of gift giving. And it's a se- season all of us love. But is it for the right reasons? Is the reason that we love Christmas in this festive time, is it for the right reasons? Um, and if we, like I said, if you're here this morning and you've maybe missed um, the reason for the season up until this point in time, I trust that throughout this time, as we're getting into the Word, your heart and your mind will be shaped to the reality of what the season is all about and uh, start celebrating your Christmas in a way that is really significant and really something to be thankful for. And um, if, we, if we think about it um, in a practical sense, who of you remember the Christmas gifts you received last year? Anyone remember the Christmas gift they received last year? Wow, you guys are good. You guys are really uh, appreciative of your gifts. Um, or it was a big gift like a house or a car. Then it's, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't forget that really. But uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is we don't remember our gifts. The, the gifts we received last year and uh, on Christmas time and even on our birthdays, we don't remember those gifts because it's temporal. Generally speaking, gifts are temporal, but the gifts of Christ is eternal. And there's something significant for us to, to think of in that. There's more to Christmas than just gift giving. Charles already touched on that. There's more to Christmas than just handing out gifts and just uh, spending time with family. Luke chapter 2 verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. There's a peace from God that we get to experience as Christians, as believers, and the rest of the world as well. The fact that Jesus died, even for the unbelieving world, there's peace from God towards them because Christ died for the whole world. Christ died for me and you before we were Christians. Amen? Christ died for me and you before we were Christians, before we could do anything for Him because He died thousands of years ago. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a peace from God towards mankind that we get to enjoy, and even the unbelieving world gets to enjoy, but only to a certain degree. And that's where we get to come in. And we'll get into more of that this morning. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And this is really something that I'm super thankful for. And I had a conversation with my wife this past week, and uh, uh, she asked me a question with regards to, like, uh, am I never scared, like, or am I never, like, uh, nervous about things? Uh, do I never get, get, get shaken by things? And um, it, it was a good question. Maybe she perceives me as this uh, the superhero kind of guy, which I am probably. Um, <laughs> No, I'm just joking. Um, but uh, there's, there's really, there's a, there's a peace that we get to experience in a lot of Christianity, in a lot of our relationship with God. A peace that is unshakable because that is what the Word says. So if we're not experiencing what the Word says, it doesn't mean that the Word is wrong. It means that our interpretation or, or our openness towards the Word has been maybe limited in some ways. Maybe we've, we've become... Uh, uh, um, We've clouded the word in certain ways. Uh, in Galatians chapter 2, Paul writes about this in, in verse 21. He says, And I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the Lord, then Christ died in vain. So we can frustrate the grace of God. What does that mean? Frustrating the grace of God is, is nullifying, uh, making it void. The power of the grace of God, the power of God in our lives. We can nullify it. 
we can uh, have an effect uh, on it with regards to the fruitfulness, the, the, the abundance that we're enjoying in that, and how is that? For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. So what we are celebrating on Christmas is the life of Christ. We are celebrating Him that came to die for us and make a way for us where there was no way. And if we put our faith in that and we stop working, we stop, stop striving, we stop uh, trying to perform for God, we stop looking at Christianity as a religious thing, putting it in the camp of all other religions, if we stop that and we come to the basis of what Christianity is all about, relationship with God, enjoying God as our Heavenly Father, enjoying that fellowship with Him and living out His purpose for us and His purpose for the world, which is for the world to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. When we start cooperating and partnering with that, that is when life starts to really make sense. And that is when we start to experience a peace that is unshakable. Because if you're living in this world and you're living and you're building your life upon all of the foundations of this world, all of the, the carnalities of this world, all of the temporal things in this world, those things will be shaken. Those things will be taken away from you. Not by God, but by other people oftentimes, right? Other people making mistakes or other people making decisions that have an impact on you. And during Christmas time, it's a great time for us as, as children of God to really demonstrate the love of God and the gift that He's given to us and really ask God and trust God that because Christmas time can be a little bit of a difficult time for some people, coming together with those family members that you see once a year and uh, you rub shoulders and uh, you rub each other the wrong way, like those things is a reality. Uh, you guys can uh, smile and nod your heads. I know we all uh, have, have family meetings like that. And rather than kind of seeing it as a, as, a, as a negative thing and seeing it as like, oh, now I have to be in the same room with those people. See it as an opportunity to demonstrate the love of God and the greatest gift ever given, the gift that keeps on giving. And the only way that we can truly experience that and enjoy that is we, if we align our hearts and our minds to the reality of who Christ is, why was He born, and what are we celebrating during this time? This peace that God came to bring us is a peace that is unshakable, and it's a peace that remains because Jesus remains. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. It's the gospel of peace. And so Jesus, uh, this, uh, this amazing promise is made to us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, which says that um, be content or uh, flee a love for money, but be content with what you have, for I have promised you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So there's a contentment, and contentment is also linked to peace. There's a contentment that we get to experience, a peace that is unshakable, that is linked to the promise of Jesus, that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll always be there with you. And that's why it's Jesus is a gift that keeps on giving, because He's always there, He remains. John chapter 4, let's go to John chapter 4, and we're going to um, look at a few verses from this, uh, from this chapter in John. So John chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 5. To 10 first, to kick it off. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sikar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from, or as he was uh, from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Jesus went, uh, well, let's pause there quickly. So the context here is Jesus traveling and he stops at a well and there's a woman coming and um, there's a little bit of context to understand which I'm not going to get into this morning but the point is this, this was uh, 
a very contrary thing or very counterculture thing for Jesus to do. Speaking to a woman, firstly, and from Samaria, secondly. So Jesus here sees this woman and he asks her, give me a drink. Now one thing to take note of here is Jesus asking this woman for water wasn't because Jesus was lazy. This isn't a, a random question. This isn't just a matter of, I'm thirsty, this woman is drawing some water, I'm going to ask her for some water. Because he could have, he could have uh, um, gotten some water for himself. So we need to see what Jesus is engaging in here is intentionality. He's being purposeful. He's seeking a ministry opportunity. And I want to invite each one of you to seek ministry opportunities as Jesus is seeking one here in John chapter 4. Because that is the gift that keeps on giving. The gift of Christ in you that wants to bubble out out of you. We're going to get into that in a moment. So he also give me a drink. Verse 8. And uh, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for drink from me, a woman from Samaria, from Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is giving or saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So here's another amazing thing and a, a great tactic that Jesus is using. He's taking something natural and he's turning it into spiritual. And you're going to have many opportunities. And this season is the easiest season to take something natural, a Christmas tree, and make it spiritual. To take something as a gift and make it spiritual. And uh, we don't want to, it's not about making things over spiritual. This life is spiritual. We need to draw from uh, the, the life of God inside of us and in the, the, the season that we are celebrating. Otherwise, we're missing out on so much significance. We're missing out on so much life. And so I want to invite you to, to switch on and allow the Spirit of God to reveal to you how you can take a natural conversation and make it a spiritual conversation. Because Christ in you is Christ in me. Jesus that ministered in this way, in the ministry that Jesus had, He said in John chapter 14 verse 12, that you will do the same works as me and greater works than these. And so there's something that God wants us to partake of, each one of us. There's no, in, in the kingdom of God, there's no bench warmers. Every one of you is called for a purpose. Every one of you has got an identity. You're called as a son. And that son isn't just biological. Yes, uh, there's a biological uh, father-son relationship that we can uh, experience. But that, that, that phrase and that concept is more a calling into the family business. A calling into the will of God. Making that a reality which is for the world to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. How is the world saved? Not just by listening to a worship song. Someone can open up their heart to Jesus through a worship song. Someone can open up their heart to Jesus through a story or testimony that you're telling. But if you're not sharing the gospel with them, they cannot be saved. That's what Romans chapter 10 tells us. And so uh, I want to invite you, even as we're wrapping up this year, to really ask yourself, how well do you know the gospel? Have you considered how would you share the gospel with someone? Have you practiced that? There's no reason for that kind of practicing and that kind of equipping just to happen in ministry school or seminary. That is, that is a training that should be happening in each one of our lives because you're going to have many opportunities to share the gospel. The question is, are you going to be ready? Who gets you ready? Not the pastor. Partially, but ultimately you need to get yourself ready to share the gospel. To prepare your heart, to pray for those opportunities. 
and ultimately have a, a script, like a, put it down on paper because uh, you can't like, uh, be all over the show when you're sharing the gospel because sometimes your time is limited when you're sharing the gospel with someone. Sometimes you've got uh, three minutes at a queue. Sometimes you've got 30 minutes in an a, a Uber drive from point A to point B. So you need to know your, your context of the, 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 the sharing opportunity that you'll get. But throughout this season, I trust and I believe that we'll have many opportunities and that we can be purposeful about that. So Jesus takes something natural and he turns it into spiritual and he uses the scripture and he uses the picture and the, the symbolisms from the Old Testament to bring out a reality for us. He's referencing the, the, the picture of water to the gift of God and then to living water. So water becoming the gift of God, referencing this water that this woman is drawing, and he's saying, but I've got different water for you. Firstly, it's a gift from God, and it's called living water. Now this meaning, Jesus is revealing to us the gift of the Spirit, and we're going to get into that in a moment. Let's go to Isaiah 55 quickly. Jesus is unveiling a mystery to the Samaritan woman here at the well, and throughout the New Testament, we see the unveiling of what was concealed to us in the Old Testament, in the Scriptures. So there's an unveiling that is happening. And uh, throughout the Gospels, we see part of that happening, but the fulfillment is only when Christ dies and in His resurrection, and that the New Testament writers start to perfectly unveil to us what was uh, um, veiled in the Old Testament. So Isaiah 55, verse 1 to 3, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all for free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does not or does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you and I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. So here we see a prophecy of... Uh, of this, this picture, this, this symbolism that Jesus is illustrating and, and communicating to this woman at the well. And he's talking about this, this thirsting, this, this uh, having a thirst for something, and this invitation from God to come to Him. Now, what I love about, uh, about children is how simple their needs are. Just think about it for a moment. Like if you uh, others, or as a parent, have children in your life, or um, you're close to someone, or you see children, and their needs are very basic. We, we think it's a whole bunch of things. We think that we need to get them the nicest toys. We think that we need to kind of take them on fancy holidays. We think we need to put on a new set of clothes on their backs every time, like every season. Man, my, my two sons, uh, Chris and Michael, have had a whole bunch of hand-me-downs, second-hand clothing. But you knew, do you know what? Not one time that I put on a second uh, pass-me-down T-shirt over the head that they asked me, why do I have to wear someone else's old like garment? And even if they could talk, they won't ask me that question. They, don't make that they won't make that statement. Why? Because their needs are basic. They just need security, love, food. And the thing with God and His invitation for us, if we come back to that simplicity and understand what love really is about, there's something significant for us to see through the eyes of a child. That's why Jesus said also the invitation to, to have childlike faith. To stop worrying about all of these things. Matthew chapter 6. Stop worrying about all of these different things. God knows we have these needs. But one thing is needful. 
Mary tell, or Jesus tells Mary that one thing is needful to Martha and Mary sitting at Jesus' feet is that one thing. God desires for us to come to Him, to enjoy a relationship with Him, to see Him as our provider, our caretaker, our comforter. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. But I love how Isaiah is talking about this picture of unfailing love. Before we go to John 7, unfailing love. There's an unfailing love that God promised to David. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you haven't experienced unfailing love to the degree that the Bible is talking about. Because oftentimes we experience failing love in this world through relationships, right? Friendships. Um, we see uh, marriages falling apart. We see a whole bunch of uh, fail, failed love. And so we automatically, because of those experiences, put those, those expectations on our relationship with God. But that is very unwise to do because God is nothing like any relationship we will experience in this earth. God is perfect. His love is unfailing. Like my, my love to my wife is very failing at times. Very uh, um, fragile and uh, uh, I get frustrated very quickly. God doesn't get frustrated with us. God doesn't get annoyed with us. There's such a blessing in our relationship with God, but we will never ex uh, experience that, we'll never enjoy that until we come to know His Word, come to know who Jesus was, come to know His nature and His character, and what we are celebrating through His birth. John chapter 7, 37 to 39. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. And then again in John chapter 6, verse 32 to uh, 35, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then jumping down to verse 58. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever so again this 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 picture of a gift that keeps on giving us found in the life of christ and again maybe i haven't experienced this gift that keeps on giving this gift of of abundance in your life this gift of unshakable peace in your life and that's okay god isn't going to fall off of his chair because that's where you are at but the only way that you're going to get from where you are to experience more of this this gift that keeps on giving is by enjoying relationship with Him. You can't get to know anyone apart from time spent with them. Like, it's just how it works. The only way that you get to enjoy relationship with someone is by spending time with Him. And Jesus' invitation to you is to come to know Him. Come to know Him intimately, relationally. Because there's certain things that I'm sure you're missing out on in your relationship with God because you don't know who He is. And He's not withholding from you. But He's inviting you into relationship. He's inviting you to come to know Him more personally, more intimately. And that's why God's will isn't just for salvation. He's not just 
uh, it doesn't have just a desire for you to be saved and to uh, make a decision to receive Christ, this amazing gift. But like any other gift, if you've received the gift, if you just open up the package and you see this amazing, say for example, a, a tablet, and you just look at it and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And you switch it on and you see uh, this, this bright uh, um, light coming on and all of these features and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Like if you leave it at that, that's not the purpose of this tablet. There's a purpose in our relationship with God that goes beyond just opening up a gift. It goes beyond just receiving Christ. There's an invitation for you to come to know the Christ you received. To grow in your relationship with Him because only then will you start experiencing a gift that keeps on giving. A gift that overflows from your life into the people around you. So in John chapter 4, we continue reading from verse 11 to 14. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And so there's a whole bunch uh, of things that I'm not going to draw out of, a, uh, out of this passage for us uh, this morning. But one thing that is really important here, Jesus makes a radical comparison. He's taking again the natural water or the carnal water, which is temporal. It's limited. It's something you need to work for, right? This woman needed to work for this natural water she was uh, pulling from the well or drawing from the well. And then he says, and he's drawing the comparison to the spiritual water that he is inviting her to partake of, which is eternal. It's quenching. Right? Natural water. If you drink natural water, you'll become thirsty again. All of us know that. But Jesus is saying there's a water that He desires to give us that is eternal. It's unlimited. And it's freely received. It's not something we work for. There's a whole lot of things in this world, a whole lot of religions in this world telling us what to do and what not to do. That's not Jesus. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not about what you need to do for God. It's about what He's done for you. And you're freely receiving that. It's by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, Not of works lest any man should boast. There's no boasting in what, what salvation is. It's all by grace. It's all by God's unmerited favor. If we jump down to verse 27 in John chapter 4, um, I'll just quickly read you know, these verses for us. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, Who or what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left the water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. Now just pausing there for a moment again, this gift that keeps on giving, this, this thirst-quenching water, this, this life that Christ came to bring us, the gift of Christ in us is not just a gift that is open. It's not just a package to be open and receiving Christ. But there's a, there's a purpose behind this gift. And Jesus tells us, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. 
you becoming a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God, becoming a Christian, is not just about you sitting on a blessed assurance. And a good word is a challenging word. Uh, you didn't think I was going to uh, challenge you on uh, our Christmas celebration, uh, celebration uh, gathering. Um, I would have uh, been very unwise if I did not, because uh, that is what this is all about. This, the season that we are celebrating, the gift of Jesus, a lot of it is about what we get to bring to this world. Bringing Christ to this world. Bringing this gift that keeps on giving to this world. Because a lot of people do not know Christ. They aren't enjoying the gift of life that we've come to enjoy. And we've got no right to withhold that from people who are dying, perishing, not knowing Christ. A third of the world is suffering, unreached. They don't know Christian. They don't have a Bible in their language. And the only way that they'll ever come to know Christ is by Christians going to them and sharing Christ with them. That is what we got to engage with in our, our missions this past, uh, past month in Belgium and Albania. Really going into dark places and sharing Jesus with people who've never come to know Jesus. Or the Jesus that they've come to know is, is a Jesus that's got no reflection to the Bible that I have. It's a complete distorted view of who Jesus is and that view of Jesus, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with him either. And we've come to know Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, and the question is, what are we doing with that? Are we just kind of indulging in self and saying, man, my relationship with God is so amazing and I've got my prayer time with Him? And, uh, um, or are you allowing that prayer time with God, that intimacy to lead to fruitfulness? Because think about it. Intimacy without fruitfulness is... It's not real intimacy, right? Intimacy without fruitfulness is not real intimacy. There's intimacy that God desires for us to enjoy and to experience that leads to fruitfulness. Verse 35, Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps are receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I send you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into that labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans come or came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. This is amazing. So, through this one encounter, through Jesus making time for one person, many came to salvation. So do not despise the one person that you get to minister to. Do not despise the one individual that you get to love on, share the love with Christ with. Because you don't know what impact that one individual can have in their communities, in their families. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And so Jesus, very interesting here, Jesus didn't tell the Samaritan woman after he shared, and uh, if you want to go, I want to encourage you to go read the context of the, the passage that we sk uh, skimmed over. Jesus didn't tell this woman, now you've received this uh, message and you've encountered my love and my grace, now you need to go and share this with the world. Jesus didn't tell her to go and minister and become an evangelist. 
Becoming an evangelist was a natural byproduct of experiencing something. So maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't want to share with anyone. Like, it's just, I don't want to be rejected. It's going to be so tough, and I don't even know what to say. And you've got all of these reserves, and you've got all of these excuses, and that's fine. God is not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But God is inviting you to experience Him. Because if you're truly experiencing Him, if you're truly allowing your heart to be impacted with the gospel, man, my heart was moved by, by watching those videos and just seeing again uh, just a, the illustration of, of Jesus. Consider this. And we, our minds become so inimaginative that we stop experiencing emotionally the Word of God. What do I mean by that? This, this world of the technology age where everything is just kind of It just, everything is visually illustrated to us and it removes our ability to imagine things without seeing something visually. And so the Word, when we're reading and studying the Word, we need to engage our imagination to see the meaning and the purpose behind what is happening. That one song that we sang, Jesus, born from the dirt. Well, not born from the dirt, uh, coming from the dirt or born in the dirt, in the manger. Jesus, God, Jesus was God in the flesh who left paradise, heaven, to be born as a vulnerable baby. That's the gift of God, sacrifice, that He laid down His life for you and for me. And when we come to experience that, when we come to really engage our imaginations and our hearts and allow it to be pricked with the truth of the gospel, that is when we won't be able to keep our mouth shut. Every person we come in contact with is an opportunity. Every person, every word coming out of our mouth is a word trying to engage in spiritual conversation, trying to reveal the love of Christ to them. In closing, just a few verses, looking at this, this picture of Jesus again, the gift that keeps on giving. Understanding that there is no end to his love. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfading love. I have drawn you to myself. An everlasting love, an unfailing love. Jesus, the gift of life that keeps on giving. We have a perfect peace amidst a crooked world. Psalm 23 verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your soft, they comfort me. We get to experience a perfect peace amidst a crooked world, amidst times of chaos because of Christ in us. We have been adopted into a kingdom family, Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. When we've said yes to Jesus, we are adopted into a spiritual family. We are adopted into purpose, into meaning. Even when we die, we live. And this is a, a truth that I've gotten to experience in, a, in new dimensions this past year with my, my brother's passing. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Even in death, we continue to live. We have a new identity that cannot be taken away from us. Everything in this world, your vocation, your career, 
It can change in the blink of a moment. But one thing that is eternal is our identities as well. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore we are ambassadors of Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. We've been commissioned and we've been invited into ambassadorship, into identity. And so these are just to uh, mention a few things and a few reasons why Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, I want to invite each one of you to really throughout the season of, of celebrating and, and gift giving to really allow yourself to reflect on, on the life of Christ inside of you, that He is the gift that keeps on giving. And one of the radical ways that He wants to keep on giving is through overflow, through allowing the streams of living water inside of you to bubble forth, to gush forth to the people around you. This is something that Christ wants to reproduce in others. His life in us coming out of us so that the people around us can experience true life and also partake of the gift that keeps on giving. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca